0: Welcome to the Beach House Tarot Podcast, where we talk about tarot, real life, and a little reality TV. Hello, welcome to this week's episode. If you listened to last week's, I apologize. I know the sound quality was terrible, so hopefully this week will be better. But as I said last week, I don't really know what I'm doing. I am making this up as I go along with the hopeful anticipation that I will keep getting better as time goes on. So thanks for bearing with me. I, uh, I will learn from my mistakes last week. So today we're going to be talking about different decks and the meaning of the same card across different decks. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about below deck and some relationship patterns that we see on that show and how the Four of Cups plays into that. So first, talking about different decks. So there are so many different tarot decks available out there. People make their own awesome artists make theirs and sell them Um, there's the classic smith weight deck aka the writer weight deck that a lot of people are pretty familiar with Um, sort of the most popular one in recent times Um, but for various reasons kind of outdated a lot of gender stuff happening Um, people just don't really connect with it necessarily so There are a ton of different decks out there and people often wonder, like, the four of cups in one deck has this picture on it and in a different deck has a completely different picture on it. Or maybe it's not even cups. Maybe it's a chalice or a bowl. Maybe the suits are totally different. This definitely comes into play when we get into the court cards, some decks The court cards are completely sort of divorced from the whole court concept. Like, they're animals or they're other types of imagery. Um, But every, and with the major arcana cards as well, right? The imagery can be really, really different from deck to deck. So the question is, if I pull a four of cups from one deck and pull it from a different deck, do those mean the same thing or do they not mean the same thing? And my answer to this question is kind of it depends, like yes and no. So I think that across decks, each card has the same general understanding, the same general vibe. It might not be the same perspective or the same energetic quality, but it has the same kind of base, basic foundation. Foundation, that's a good word. I think the cards have the same foundation throughout every deck but then you layer on top of that so many different things you layer on top of that the actual imagery in the card so the imagery in the card is going to give that foundation a different set of walls a different interior a different structure adding on to that we also have the placement of the card in whatever spread you're doing you're using So that placement is gonna add on a different flavor. So you might be doing a spread where a card is in the spot for obstacles. And the card that's in that spot is something that you would consider a pretty positive card. Maybe the three of cups or the sun, something that has a pretty positive vibe, but it's in sort of this negative spot. So that's gonna shade the meaning. Then there's the context of the entire reading. What are you actually focusing on? What questions are you answering? What are the other cards telling you? What is the card telling you in context with the other cards, in position between the cards that are surrounding it? So it's not just, does this card mean the same thing deck to deck? Each card, regardless of what deck it comes from, has a slightly different meaning every time you use it in a reading. Every time you pull it, it's going to mean something different to you. So the different deck it's coming from is just one layer of that information that's going to change. I think it's a good idea if you are using different decks or if you're getting your readings done and the reader is using a deck you're not familiar with. You know, spend some time to really look at the images of the cards. That's really where you're going to get the most intuitive information. And that's where you're going to connect the most. That's where the richness of the detail and the story that the card is telling you is going to come from. So spend a lot of time focusing on what you're actually seeing. And if you have the opportunity, if it's your deck, Or if you have the opportunity, if the reader gives you the opportunity to kind of look at the other cards in that deck, like take some time to look at them, take some time to get familiar with them and see what kind of information, what type of energy you're getting from that deck as a whole. You flip through the Smith, uh, the Smith weight deck and you get a completely different understanding or a completely different feeling than you do if you flip through the wild unknown, for example. And so what are those different feelings telling you? What do they mean to you? I tend to use the wild unknown, which I think has a more spiritual, a more mystical, mysterious quality. I tend to use that when I'm doing my own readings for myself like when I'm sort of looking for information about which paths I should take moving forward which actions I should be focusing on when I'm looking for information about how to make decisions or um, what things are important to me in a next phase of life I think that deck really resonates for that I use the writer weight deck when I'm reading for other people mostly uh, because I think the images just give a wide range of um, of meanings and different contexts that I find really flexible for when I'm reading for other people and I don't necessarily know exactly you know, everything about them or what their situation is or what information would be helpful to them. I find reading with the Rider Waite deck, it just gives me more options and more information when I'm reading for somebody else. Other people have, you know, some decks that they find really useful when they're doing readings about money or some decks they find really helpful when they're doing readings about love and romance. So, It's really specific on the individual. So as you're looking through decks, as you're thinking about buying a deck, as you're getting read with a deck that you've never seen before, just spend some time to look at it and notice what it brings up for you and what information that might be giving you, especially if you are getting reading in the context of that reading. And as the cards come up, if you have sort of that base, underlying foundation of what the card means, and you're using a deck that you are not familiar with, or a new deck, or seeing cards you haven't seen before, you know, maybe allow yourself to let go of holding on to that foundational meaning so tightly. If the cards meant the same thing deck to deck, we wouldn't need to have a bunch of different decks. I could just give you index cards and write four of cups, five of wands, the star, the moon, the sun on index cards and do your reading with that and just tell you what I understand those cards to mean. There's a reason why we like the richness and the nuance and the intric- intric- intricacy. I had a hard time saying that for some reason, um, of the images because it gives us information. It gives us information that we wouldn't have just from an index card that said four of cups. So when you see a card hold that foundational meaning kind of lightly let yourself really get immersed in the image in the context and what it's bringing up for you in the moment and then marry that with what you understand the meaning of that card to be and if you work with different decks pretty regularly you might have different core meanings for the same cards in those different decks, but you'll probably find that they share some root. They share some base information. So that is my basic summary or my basic answer to the question of do the same cards in different decks mean the same thing? Yes and no. A different deck is just one other layer of information that's going to change the meaning of the card but i think throughout deck to deck there is some foundational root that is pretty similar so the next thing we're going to talk about today is a little below deck um and something that We definitely saw in this most recent season of *Blow Deck Med with Rob and Jessica, a little newly formed romance that was very strong, big flames at the beginning. I think that he told her he loved her after two weeks of knowing her, and then it sort of flamed out equally as dramatically amidst a lot of... Potential jealousy, miscommunications, really just not understanding each other, self-fulfilling prophecies, and then eventual demise. And we see this pattern playing out a lot in a lot of different stories and shows and movies and TV. But I think Below Deck gives us a pretty clear example of it because it's this group of people in a really artificial situation If you're not familiar with the show, it's about people who, a small group of people working on a super yacht for a charter season, and we see the different groups of guests come and go, and we're really watching how the crew of the yacht interacts and their relationships and how they navigate that throughout the season. So they're stuck on this boat for like six to eight weeks, basically, with each other, And I think a lot of us can relate to being in these very intense situations with a small group of people. You form really intense bonds with them. This happens, you know, in the office if you have some big project and for two weeks you and a small team of people are working late and you know always in the conference room together and ordering pizza together and you know getting overtired and stressed out you form really intense connections with those people and we see on below deck these intense connections generally lead to some sort of love connection whether physical emotional both and Sometimes they work out, most of the time they don't. And what we saw with this most recent situation with Rob and Jessica is that they were both pretty insecure, I would say. They were both had a lot of baggage in terms of previous bad relationships, and I'm completely just judging them from afar, obviously, not knowing them, so... If you do know them, I might be completely wrong. Um, but it seemed like they both felt like they weren't worthy of being loved. Like they both had a lot of like insecurity and self esteem issues happening that made them feel like they couldn't trust the fact that the other person did love them and did want to be in a real relationship with them. So because they couldn't trust that, every time something happened that they could interpret as reinforcing that belief, they went with it. So, you know, Jessica thought that Rob was talking to somebody else on the crew too much and being too flirtatious with her. And so she took that as evidence that he actually did not want to be in a relationship with her. And when she would get upset by things like that, Rob took that as evidence that she didn't want to be in a relationship with him and that she was looking for every opportunity to leave, to leave the situation, to leave the relationship. So it really became this self-fulfilling prophecy and they were both unable to communicate with each other about what they were really feeling, what they were really afraid of. And when they did try to talk about it, they were just talking about the surface level, right? Oh, you were talking to her, you did this, you acted this way, you said this to me, and they weren't really getting at what they were fundamentally afraid of and what that fundamental insecurity was. So they were really pushing each other away because they didn't feel like they deserved to be in a good relationship. So what does this have to do with tarot cards? So I think this situation is pretty summed up by the four of cups and like with every card every reader is going to read it differently and every reader is going to read it differently depending on the situation in the reading those are my typical disclaimers that you'll hear me say over and over again but for me in general the four of cups is a card of not feeling worthy it's a card of not recognizing that you already have some good stuff and that the universe is giving you more good stuff. And instead of accepting that with grace and feeling like you deserve it and you should take it and be happy, you don't you kind of sit with, as the figure in the Rider weight deck is sitting, sitting with your arms crossed, kind of like, no thanks. Like, I don't want that good thing that the universe has put in front of me. And in the Wild Unknown deck, it's the image is a rat scurrying over some cups. And when I see that image, it gives me this sense of sort of the rat scampering out at the end of a big feast or a big banquet and just looking for the scraps. So there's this sense of feeling so in your own stuff, so so wrapped up in what's happening with you that you don't realize the great gifts that the world is trying to give you, or you don't realize the things that are right in front of your face because you're either wrapped up and feeling like you don't deserve it or feeling like you should be getting something different or something better or you're stuck in the past thinking about the people that have wronged you or things that didn't work out in the past that you don't actually recognize that you don't have to kind of scamper out and just get the scraps there's actually a whole banquet available to you if you just looked at it in a different way there's actually this cup that's being offered to you as the fourth cup you already have these other three cups in front of you so like wake up, take advantage of it, take it for what it is and stop pushing it away because you don't think it's good enough or you don't think you're good enough. So for me, these relationship situations like with Rob and Jessica that we see on Below Deck where, you know, people... A lot of times have this baggage from the past, don't feel like they can trust somebody, don't feel like they can be in a good, healthy relationship, even though that's really the thing that they want the most. And then when they have the opportunity for that, they push it away and it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy and then it doesn't work out. Now, I have no idea if Rob and Jessica could have had a productive relationship They probably couldn't. They definitely couldn't at this stage in their lives. But I do wonder what would have happened had they been able to really be clear with themselves and clear with each other about what was actually bothering them. And had they both felt really confident and worthy and deserving of a great relationship, might things have turned out differently for them? So that's really the instruction with the four of cups is to let yourself be in a place of feeling like you deserve good things to happen. Stop scampering around for scraps because that's the only thing that you think you deserve. Stop turning your back to good things that are put in your life because you're stuck in the past or because you don't think you deserve them or because you can't recognize them as good. You think they're just another thing that's going to disappoint you or hurt you. So that's the instruction with the four of cups. I think it's pretty uh, relatable to a lot of relationship situations we see on TV, especially when people are coming from long histories of bad relationships and I do I get really frustrated when I'm trying to just watch my shows when I'm like you guys are not talking about the real thing like you're talking about this surface level issue like just get to what you're really afraid of um, but I guess the show would be a lot less interesting if people actually communicated on that level so for the sake of entertainment I guess I'll have to suck it up and uh and let it go on. So that's the end of this week's episode. Another reminder, please make sure that you have voted or have a plan to vote, and that everyone you know has a plan to vote. The election is one week away, November 3rd. It's crazy, but people out there don't even know when election day is happening. People don't know if they're registered. People don't know if they still can register. They don't know how to vote. They expect that, you know, someday they'll figure out how to get a ballot they can fill out and return. And it's like, time is up. So please make sure that you are talking to everybody that you know. This is so, so important. And none of us want to wake up on whatever day we find out who actually wins and feel like we could have and should have done more so please do everything you can right now put the phone down put down whatever else you're doing make sure that you have voted and that everybody you know has a plan to vote thank you so much for listening i really really appreciate it Again, thanks for bearing with me. I know last week's episode was probably not the easiest to listen to, uh, but we're going to do better. We are improving onward and upward. So please uh, subscribe. If you have any feedback for me, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. It's Beach House Tarot. And if you want to do a reading live on the podcast, let me know. We'll definitely do it and we can keep you totally anonymous. So no fears about that. All right, Uh, I hope that you all hang in there over the next week. I know that the stress level is increasing by the minute, at least for me. So take care of yourselves, take care of the people that you love and around you, hang in there, vote, volunteer, do everything you can, and we will get through this.